Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. I wanted to go take us back to a city council meeting in Santee. This happened on June 28th. There was a certain person there who I'll wanted- put aside how I feel about city council meetings in Santee and go ahead, Brendan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say there was this person that I knew personally that wanted to go to the city council and talk about a certain proposition. I'll let him discuss what idea it was and what this whole situation is about. My name is Brendan Thomas, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Santee City Council. I want to thank you for your time. Today, I wanted to propose to you an idea. The city of Santee has done a terrific job informing the public on the latest that has been going on in the area, which includes events and certain information that happens to pass through the city council. However, I believe Santee can take an extra step towards spreading that information, supporting local events and businesses, and giving an extra voice to the citizens of Santee. On June 22nd, 2023, the FCC, or the Federal Commission, uh, Communications Commission, uh, announced that they would be accepting applications for low-powered FM stations. The window to file would be from November 1st to the 8th of 2023. Adding this other media to Santee would be a huge boost for supporting the city and helping the inform the citizens of Santee of the latest happenings. The huge worry I can understand from all of this includes construction permits and cost of running the station. The cost of running the station would actually be less than $1,500, $639 for the highest wattage transmitter that would be allowed to transmit for a low-powered station. If we directly connect the transmitter into the antenna that we want to, there is no construction permit needed, thus not having any extra cost added to it or any extra time that is needed. Microphones would only cost about $650 in the studio if we wish to have in-person studio or any of the, anything of that matter. And it would also help uh, that we would also be able to transmit the city council meetings very easily and live on the air to whoever is interested listening out there in Santee. Uh, whenever there is another meeting that interests the public, such as I've seen fire departments have certain meetings as well, uh, or police departments informing the updates on what's going on in Santee, we can also transmit those uh, meetings remotely. Uh, programming the station is easy and there are free software programs to do so. Those in the community who are interested in getting on the air can volunteer themselves to help the station. Local businesses can get their name out there over the air by underwriting the station by underwriting. We follow FCC guidelines of staying non-commercial and we can give tax benefits to those uh, local businesses that we enjoy supporting. I also wanted to add that these stations have a coverage of just three and a half miles, but that still covers the entire area of Santee with that three and a half mile radius circle. There are certainly more positives to implementing this idea. I would appreciate it if you would consider this and thank you everyone for your time. Thanks. Wow. Thank you. Get a load of the new rock star here. (laughs) Mild mannered radio producer goes and speaks at a time. Now, did they give any response or is this just one of those times where they listened and there was actually a slight response actually at the end. They were discussing about how they are still looking to open up more doors to be as transparent of a government as possible because they feel as if the more transparent, the happier the community could be. And one of the council members shouted, you know, there's a possibility of radio and everyone started giggling and looking at me like, yeah. 
that's not a bad idea too. So I thought I almost have them in in terms of like uh, persuading them into the idea. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it is a possibility. They just started off a new webcast called Santee TV, where they'll broadcast the city council meetings or other meetings of, in general, and they'll put that online. And I believe it's on Cox channels and one other local cable network as well that you can watch local channels too. So I just offered another medium where they could help spread that information faster. And I believe more people would listen to the radio anyways than go online on their website to try to find what's going on in the same TV. Yeah, now a couple of weeks ago, we talked about AM radio. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're trying to make a lot of cars without it, except that Ford said they would have it. This was about FM. How do you feel this fits into the larger context of what's going on with AM radio? Well, let me, I'll discuss that here with the follow-up stuff I have about this, because I'm going to try to make anti-arguments against this, and then I'll try to come back at it. So, one of the things that a lot of people complain about low-powered FM stations is that they are very, very small antennas, so they don't reach that big of a community. Again, I mentioned I was a three and a half mile radius. So, there's a lot of signal interference on FM stations. High power FM stations express concern that low power FM stations may cause interference with their signals and interference protections are not observed enough through the FCC. I mean, as usual, our government works pretty slow on a lot of things, especially the FCC when it comes to certain items. A major opponent to low power FM stations is NPR. They mention, and I quote, full power broadcasters reach a broader audience and provide a greater service. They should be favored regardless regarding spectrum availability. Well, isn't NPR on AM or are they in FM? They're both on AM and FM. Yeah, Yeah. mostly FM, but they do broadcast some stations on AM, but that's not their main target. Their main target is... I'll go on record as saying I'd like to see NPR in the lowest frequency and radius possible. (laughs) And then also I want to mention the National Association of Broadcasters also opposes this idea too. They say full power FM broadcasters enhance localism by providing community responsive information such as emergency information and necessary programs. I would argue that it becomes more local if you have a a lower power FM station. You're getting that more community based kind of programming that you want to hear in your certain city. There's not a station in Santee specifically. There used to be, I mean, KCBQ. Yeah, KCBQ was in Santee. Yeah, exactly. And whenever something was happening in Santee, I don't know if that snap could be heard on the microphone, but they were there right on the spot to tell you, hey, there's a fire that's coming out here on this side of the town, so make sure you guys are careful. Yeah, all we have out there now is a little plaque where we once were. I know, and it's the smallest plaque I've ever seen in front of an (laughs) In-N-Out. It's so sad. And then I'll also mention how some investors in radio believe low-power FM stations services prevent the development of digital radio. However, there was a report by I'm going to mispronounce this. It's Meteor, which is M-I-T-R-E Mightier, Matre, maybe. But they suggest that the likelihood for interference is not as threatening as possibly thought because, again, these are small, small wattages of stations. They don't cover very much and they won't interfere with any low power stations in the slightest. And then, of course, there's also the FM translator issue that we were discussing off the air, too. They have to compete with low-powered FM stations for limited space on airwaves. And that's why I wanted to bring up how San Diego has a very, very limited amount of space on the FM spectrum as it is. That's due to the border here. There's a lot of stations that put their tower right on the border of Mexico, and then they put out a huge wattage to kind of reach all the way across the whole coastline of the United States. It's called border blaster stations. So we have experience with those. Are they putting it up on the Mexico side so that they don't fall under the FCC regulations? Correct, correct. 
Correct, yes. But they still have to contact the FCC in terms of being an American broadcaster if they wanted to do that sort of thing. So they would have to still follow those FCC rules, possibly. But Mexican stations have a less restrictions on their stations. You can cuss all you want on the stations. You could... <laughs> I know. Personally, I would not do it still. I would still try to talk as clean as possible. And besides, it's more commercially friendly out there to do that than keep cussing on the air and having to look at my child like, just plug your ears constantly. Don't even listen to the re- <laughs> The last thing I was going to mention, too, is that some states have Department of Transportations where they operate large networks of low-power FM stations that act as highway advisory radio stations. So you'll see on the highway, turn into 1660 AM for traffic advisory and stuff like that. Some of these Department of Transportation actually operate low-power FM stations to do the same thing. They'll let you know there's this crash coming up in five miles and you want to try to take this route to detour. So it's not only just us, it's our government that's actually using these lower-power FM stations. I, again, I'm under the opinion that I think this is a great idea for, if not Santee, some other city out there in San Diego. If we have any other city officials out there, please listen in and think of the idea of starting your own low-power stations because I think it's a really good idea to spread more ideas and to spread out your information that you want to give out to those people that are want to listen in your community. So, Now, Brendan, I know you and I both still love conventional radio, but what do you say to those that say the way of the future is the internet and streaming and podcasting and what difference is any of this going to make in a few years anyway? So we'll start off with this. The fact that it's on an FM station actually helps out a lot for sure. But the other thing to mention too is the fact that it's such a competitive space for the online market. You're not sure if you're even going to get like maybe a hundred listeners at best possibly on your station because there's thousands and thousands and millions and yeah, millions of other so stations Yeah, they have so many choices. Yeah. yeah. So I would say the FM station, again, brings more local stuff into the whole thing. It's something about having that idea of the AM stations turning into a satellite station, it just being a national broadcast, it just kind of depresses me a, a little bit more because, again, that takes away from the, all the fun and all the localness that comes yeah, from Yeah, and too. I have to say, and maybe it's just the way I grew up, but I get more excited when I think of my radio show on conventional radio than, obviously, I also do podcasts, and even this show gets streamed over the internet, but right. the conventional radio excites me much more. And radio is easier to reach, too. There are a lot of, there's some people who can't afford internet, maybe they can't get well, a lot of the service. people that grew up on and fell in love with talk radio are still on regular radio. Exactly. I meet people all the time that say, when is your show? And I go, well, I have a daily podcast. They go, yeah, 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 yeah. Your broadcast show, when is that on? Yeah, so. yeah. And that's more fun to listen to on that sense. I would also like to mention, too, that these low-power FM stations have a lot less in terms of FCC getting on top of them, except for one particular area, which is the commercial aspect. They have to be non-commercial. There has been plenty of low-power stations where they actually have their wordings the wrong way like you should come out to see us and this restaurant you have to word it in a certain way where it becomes an underwriter so it'll say we serve burritos tacos taquitos all at this now, restaurant is that true of all That's ff stations or just low power low power yeah because i know i've heard commercials on fm stations now before. now there are other stations where they're called non-profit stations so college stations for example you cannot do that because they're owned by non-profit organizations and therefore you can't be advertising through them you have to be doing it in an underwriting situation. So you have to word it. So saying that these stations are not FCC regulated as hard is completely not true. FCC are very, very hard still in making sure that these stations are following policies in that matter. Now, again, the FCC works very slowly because, again, there's thousands of stations out there, thousands of television stations. They're not going to get to every single thing out there. One last thing I wanted to mention, too, about that satellite thing. I'm going to sound like an environmentalist when I say this. There's too many satellites as it is out there in space. I won't be surprised if we start 
start shooting up a rocket and next thing you know all the debris of the satellites keep hitting our rocket ship and we can't get out to Mars if well, we want to Sooner or later the Biden administration will take down a few by accident anyway. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean and again these countries because it's in outer space they're not responsible for getting rid of these satellites in the first place so all we have is just debris on the outside. I don't want to sound like that environmentalist kind of thing where there's an AM station literally in Santa Barbara that just blamed that they had to shut down their station because of climate change. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> your AM station is your tower is made out of metal. There's no such thing as a climate change hurting your AM station. Used to be the dog ate my homework. Now it's <laughs> no, it's because of climate change that I couldn't do my homework. It's 90 degrees outside. Do you expect me to do no? <laughs> so again, any city council members, if you are interested in listening uh, about this idea, I would highly recommend it. Look into it because I think it's a very good idea to bring your community closer than before. Anyways, well, thank you so much again for everything tonight, Bob. This was a quite interesting conversation we had, I think. Brendan, it's always a pleasure. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.